You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit reminds us that the church is not a building or an event. We are the church, the people, reflecting the love we have received from Jesus. Good morning, everyone. So it's good to see everyone here today. Uh, welcome to church. We are Every Nation Canberra, and we are here. Our calling and our mission as a church is to honor God and make disciples in every campus, in every nation. Our mission as a church and as followers of Christ never stops. And what is our mission? Our mission is to share the gospel to everyone. We read in Romans, as Paul wrote a letter to them, the power of the gospel for salvation. In Romans chapter 10, we read, Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved, which means everyone, regardless of their religious belief, if they call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. This is the message that we are sent out into the world with. We don't take anything away from it. We don't add anything to it. We tell others about Jesus for as long as we can, whenever we can. You don't have to look far for you to be able to fulfill this role, your mission. Where you are right now, that's your mission field. We talked about it the last time, and the mission is not a place that you go to. The mission is your attitude towards what God has told you to do and what, where God has brought you to in your season in your life, wherever that may be. Today, we are finishing our series called Dare to Share, and we are talking about the mission of the church. I'd like you to think about this. If this building is the only place where people will hear the gospel and experience Jesus and experience community, then I tell you, there will be lesser and lesser people who will have the opportunity to be reached by the gospel of salvation. Why? Because there are lesser and lesser people who come to church. I was just sent a report uh, this week from City Infield in McCrindle. It's a two 2019 report on the future of church in Australia. They surveyed 30 different church leaders from all over Australia and came out with a conclusion. It's a very lengthy report, which I would be willing to share to any of you who would want to read it. But they concluded that Australians are disillusioned with church, but they are spiritually hungry. And it is said that this is partly due to church culture becoming detached from everyday Australian experience. I'd like to point out three things. The study says that despite the wealth and the relative stability of Australians, there is a lack of fulfillment among Australians. People are comfortable. They live good lives. They have stable jobs. Yet they feel there's something missing. There's something missing in their life. There's, they're searching for some sense of spiritual, uh, a sense of spirituality, all right? This God-shaped whole concept states that every person has this void in his heart, in his soul, in his spirit, that only God can fill. This God-shaped hole is 
this inner longing that is set in the heart of every human being. As we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, God says, I have placed eternity into man's heart. Regardless of what you have achieved, regardless of how much money you have accumulated, regardless of how much status you have in this life, there will always be this inner longing for that, for that, for, for that sense of connection to a spiritual being, whatever that may be for a lot of people. There are many who are disillusioned with church, and this is sad. People who are supposed to be offended by the gospel don't get offended by the gospel because they get offended first by the person who brings the gospel. A lot of people are disillusioned with Christians who say that they follow Jesus, but they live the other way around. Mahatma Gandhi said, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. A lot of Christians and a lot of people who profess they follow Jesus have morally failed, even the clergy and church leaders. And number three, the church culture is detached from everyday Australian experience. There are a hundred different reasons why those seats are empty. And we pray for those who are not here today who are sick, those who are traveling to Sydney, those who are traveling to the coast, and those who are not here today, we pray for them today. I'll show you a picture of what church looks like these days. You see this man over here? Well, he didn't go to church because the kids are playing football today. Is there something wrong with that? No. Do we make them feel guilty because they're not in church and they're with the kids playing football? No. Do you think it's fair that we ask them to choose between football and church? That's unfair. That man has a valid reason for not being in church today. This guy over here in the center, he's fed up with church politics. People fighting over positions of leadership in the church. And Christians speaking behind the backs of other Christians, gossiping about one another. That lady over there is a very young lady. He doesn't feel comfort. She doesn't feel comfortable in church. Why? Because there's no one her age. Young people don't go to church. The church attendance in Australia is getting older and older and older. You go to the parking lot, you see old people coming out of their cars, going to church. The young people, they don't go to church anymore. That guy over there, well, he had a tough week at work, so he overslept. Can we blame him for choosing to sleep rather than coming to this church service? Do you think it's fair? Now, the other one is a first-timer. He heard about this church, and he came to church. He was excited. He started, ended church. No one talked to him. We were so comfortable talking to our friends. There's this new guy in church. No one talks to him. He didn't come to church anymore. This is funny. This guy is supposed to go to church, but his wife has been bugging him about a wardrobe that needs to be done. So he'll be in trouble if he doesn't do it. So he opted not to be in church and just do it for his wife. 
Can we blame him? No. Make him choose? That's unfair. The guy in the center is a very active Christian. Well, he said, the Thursday night at home with my group is my church. So I don't need this church. And the other guy at the back is not here. He's sitting in a coffee shop somewhere and reading his morning paper. He feels more comfortable, more relaxed in a coffee shop reading a book or a newspaper rather than being in church. And this mother here feels a little bit awkward because she feels like people are judging her because her kids are noisy and rowdy during the church service. And the last guy at the back, well, he's not here because he's exploring other churches. Attending church no longer makes sense. You might even have asked the question yourself, why bother? Why bother waking up early on a Saturday when I could sleep, drive for a few minutes, listen and worship, sing four songs, listen to a preaching, and then go home? I could do that more conveniently at home while doing my chores, listening to a podcast or watching a video, worshiping in my own little way. I'd like to share with you some insights that are very thought-provoking and worth thinking about from unchurching.com. Do you know right now, millions of Christians don't go to church anymore, most especially the young people, the millennials. They still love Jesus. Take note of this. They still want a Christian community, but they just don't want to go to church anymore. Why not? Isn't the church a place where you experience Jesus, feel the love of the community? Why would anyone who follows Jesus wouldn't want to go to church? The Bible says there are many plans in a man's heart, but in the end, it's God's purpose that will prevail. Every day, our prayer for this church is for God to reveal His purpose for every nation Canberra. I've been thinking about this for quite some time, even before COVID, and have discussed this with some of our leaders. Maybe we are doing church all wrong. Come to think of it. Maybe we are doing it the wrong way. Now we are doing our services every fourth, second and fourth Saturday of every month. From a lot of people's perspective, we're going backwards. Why are you shortening or lessening your services? I told you the last time, it's not for convenience. It was never for convenience. It was never about COVID. Remember, in January, if you were here, our preaching was about breaking down the four corners of the church, being more intentional and reaching out to the community rather than just sitting here comfortably every weekend. So we decided to forego our fortnight meeting so that we can engage the community better. Then the lockdown. And even if this pandemic has seemingly placed a lot of restrictions, a lot, a lot of things uh, in our life on hold, our mission as a church still continues. Now that we are back, 
we are still not meeting every week. Because I believe that we as a church should be intentional in reaching out to the community who are not here today. We can be here every week sitting comfortably, worshiping Jesus, but think about it. There are thousands and thousands of people who will never experience what we experience. Jesus is reminding all of us, I told you to make disciples, not to wait for people to come to church. So far, we have been trying to understand why church attendance is diminishing. Now, I would like to make a statement that might be in stark contrast to what you think this message is all about. Today, I hope that each and every one of you would finally understand why Christians don't need to go to church. Before you quote me on this and use it as an excuse not to come to church, again, hear me out first. As we put into perspective what church means to a lot of people, my prayer is that after today, we would have a new and fresh perspective of what being a follower of Christ is and what church is all about. We always see signs that says, church, welcome to church. We have one outside along the Valley Avenue. If you go by billboards, by signages, and by streamers, then you might assume that the church is actually a building, right? This is church. Welcome to the church. This is our certificate of incorporation. It says here, Every Nation Canberra Incorporated. If you go by tax-exempt forms and certificates like this, then the church is an organization that you can be part of or you can be a member of. But if you look at the main thing that we do in church, which is to sing songs, gather together, and worship Jesus, then the church is an event that we go to every week. We churchgoers talk about church in this context as if it's an event that you attend to every week or an organization that you need to be a member of or be part of or a building that you go to to worship. Now, I want to ask you, did you notice any common theme among the three? The church as a building, the church as an event, the church as an organization. Did you notice any common theme? In any of these three cases, take note of this, the church is something separate from us. Right? Now going back to the statement, and let me point that out again, why Christians don't need to go to church. You don't go to church, you don't attend church, because you are not separate from the church. You are the church. The moment we understand that the church is not a building that we go to, or an event that we attend, or an organization that we have to be a member of, then we begin to understand the role that we need to fulfill in order to fulfill the mission of the church. 
The concept of going to church will only make sense if you believe that the church is separate from you because you cannot go to yourself. Going to church will only make sense if you are separate from the church. And we all make that statement, are you going to church this weekend? I'm going to church next week. We are not going to church. We are the church. The phrase going to church wouldn't have made sense, any sense to Jesus. When Jesus sent his disciples out into the world, he said, go and make disciples. Did he say, go and start churches, lots of churches? No. He said, go and make disciples. Of all nations and what are you gonna do you tell them to obey teach them to follow me all that I have commanded you you see Jesus was looking at church from an organic perspective the church that Jesus was talking about was a church that would grow organically that would grow through discipleship the church is a byproduct of discipleship which means that when we share the gospel to someone, that someone believes and follows Jesus, then he becomes part of the body of Christ. He becomes part of the church. What happens is that we tell others about Jesus, and we ask them to follow Jesus. They accept Jesus, they believe Jesus, they become part of the church. Discipleship is the root of the community, at the root of the, the church, and the community, the church community is the fruit, right? But this is the exact opposite of what all churches are doing. All churches are spending millions of money, building large facilities, doing a lot of great attractive events so that people will come and then maybe we can disciple them later. We focus on the building and the programs and hope that the people will come. Some do and some stay, but a greater majority of people we know and friends and family they don't. They're not here. Every day, you spend time with lots of people from work. Do you see them here every weekend? No. We don't wait for people to come to this church service. We disciple them where they are. We disciple them so they can be part of the church. The traditional form of the church is to grow the church and hopefully make disciples. But it doesn't work that way. It was never meant to work that way. We disciple them first, so they become part of the church. The focus of the Great Commission was not on a church building. The focus of the Great Commission is on the one who builds the church. The focus of discipleship is Jesus. And this community, our church, would grow eventually, organically, from that focus. And that is the reason why I believe that as every nation Canberra, we should do the same. There is no agenda of asking them to come to church or join a Bible study, or be part of a tag group. The only agenda is Jesus and loving them. No other agenda. You see, in the Old Testament, 
people had to go to a certain place. They call it temples to worship God. And they would need the aid of people called priests to intercede for them. But what Jesus did on the cross changed all of that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, and 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we, as we all know, are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to go to a temple anymore. The Holy Spirit of God resides in us. Every believer, according to the Bible, is now a priest. You don't have to rely on me to be fed, right? Every believer is a priest. Now, does this mean that we don't need to come together, worship, and listen to the Word of God? Absolutely not. What this means for us as a church is this. Since church is not confined to something that happens, an event that happens every weekend, then we can do church. It's not separate from us anymore. You can do church every day. This means that you don't have to rely on your pastor to be fed with the Word because every believer, every Christian can minister to one another, can minister and be ministered to at any time. We are called a royal priesthood so that by both our life and our word, we can glorify God. Now, going back to the question, do Christians need to go to church? The answer is no. Because you don't attend or go to yourself. Because you are the church. Now, does this mean that we don't need to meet like this anymore? Absolutely not. This is part of who we are as a church. But my point is church is not limited to just meeting in buildings like this. That's why I'm very passionate about us being a church that goes out, that reaches out. There's a going out to that should be happening in every nation Canberra. Remember the Great Commission. We gather today, but next week we scatter. We tell others about Jesus. Don't make an excuse not to share the gospel to someone you know. This is important. We need to gather, write this, pray together, fellowship with one another. But we also need to be out there to a lost world to bring Jesus to people who don't know Him. I would like you to be here regularly, honestly. But if we do not take into our heart the mission of a church as a disciple of Jesus, then this gathering would no be different to you watching an event or a sports game. You are just watching and listening. The Bible challenges each and every one of us to move from being a spectator or a consumer to someone who would serve others. Get involved. Start building friendship. Start engaging people and pray that you can share Jesus to them one day. If you don't know where to start, just be intentional. Pray to God how He would open up doors of opportunities. But God looks at your heart. Remember, it's not a matter of doing this and that and doing a lot of tag groups. No, God is looking at your heart and the intention of your heart. Invite someone, invite a friend, 
Go out of your comfort zone. I know you want things for yourself. You want your me time. But please be intentional in investing time in someone that God has placed in your life. Invite a friend. Be intentional and invest time on that person. And that is the reason why the New Testament has over 51 another's. Jesus said, by this they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. A big part of what we do as Christians is not just worshiping God, devoting our time to Him. A big part of what we do as Christians is the one another that Jesus is asking us to do. Ask someone, how are you doing today? Maybe your, your friend is going through something in his life. Be caring. The Bible says, encourage one another. There are so many one another's, if you read it in the New Testament, more than 50 of them. Remember the two greatest commandments, love God and love one another. You just can't be a Christian and say, I'm fine with God. I do all what God wants me to do, except love others. No, that is part of being a follower of Christ. The most challenging of all, especially with difficult people, is loving them. But that's the only thing that Jesus asked us to do. Let us never forget that we are able to love because God loved us first. This is the great love that made Him send His Son so that He can take our place on the cross, our eternal death, so that whoever believes in Jesus will not perish but have eternal life. And this message is not just for you or for your Christian friend. Whoever believes in Jesus, regardless of their previous belief or religious stand, if they confess with their mouth and believe in their hearts that Jesus is Lord, they will be saved. That is not my role alone. That is your role. I don't want you to be comfortable being a Christian coming here every other Saturday and listening to the Word of God. That's good and that's fine. But you have to be missional because we are a missional church. This is the gospel that we need to share. Our mission is not to wait for people to come into those doors. Our mission is to bring Jesus to them. And it simply starts where? With our love for God. Our love for Jesus compels us to share it to other people. I hope and I pray that you would love Jesus enough for you to get out of your comfort circle and reach out to someone who needs to hear about Him. And through us, the great flow, the great overflow of this love of God to others will make a big difference. It just takes one simple step. I challenge you today, be the church to someone you know who needs to hear Jesus. Let's all stand. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for what you have told us today through your word. And God, you say in your word in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 31, for even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, 
so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. For the body is not one member, but many. So Father, thank you for bringing us into this family. And Lord, we pray that as we connect and as our relationship grows deeper with each other, may we really be a reflection of the love and care and compassion that your son has showed us in his everlasting love, Lord. You work everything for good. And whatever comes our way, we will trust you. All these things we thank you for and praise you for. In the most holy name of our Savior, Christ Jesus. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more podcasts and for more information on Every Nation Canberra, please visit everynationcanberra.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra and on Instagram at instagram.com slash encanberra. We meet every second and fourth Sunday at 104 The Valley Avenue, Gungalin. Would you like to be connected to a tag group? Email us at everynationcanberra at gmail.com.